Hello and welcome to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman and today we are going to be giving you one of 50 Mama interviews. These interviews have been conducted by Drama Victoria over the last two years to celebrate their 50th birthday. These 50 interviews are 50 conversations with 50 legends of the Victoria drama teaching game. So sit back, relax and enjoy a slightly longer than usual version of The Aside. Please note that the audio quality varies depending on where the interview was recorded. This is interview number 46, and I'm interviewing Mr. Stuart Bell, who is currently head of drama at Halebury. And we're just going to ask you a few questions, Mr. Stuart Bell, legend, <laughs> mama legend. <laughs> so question one, which yeah. is a bit predictable, mm. how, when and why did you become involved in drama education? Well, like, I suppose for a lot of... Um, teachers it's when you're a student and you had I had a mentor um, who really looked after me all the way through secondary school followed my progress through drama school and as it turned out offered me a job when I came out the other end but it was those productions I grew up in the country and I had um, you know pretty standard country education uh, grew up in a big property sheep and here I was exposed as a boarder down at Geelong College to the arts and putting on plays and I loved it and was swept up in it. Now, when I got to the end of school, I thought I want to do something that is um, positive for humanity. And I, and I started out looking at social welfare, those sorts of things. And I took a year off and in that time I studied English and things and eventually decided actually I could combine this. I could be an educator, but also satisfy that desire to perform. But almost put off the decision to become a teacher. Let's see how tertiary education was, do the yeah. drama in education, and see where it got me. And as it turned out, I enjoyed acting, but I got a job and I was seduced. I never really looked back. You never looked back. Mm. Mm. So yours was a very measured approach to, to coming to training to be a drama teacher? Yeah, look, I, I, it's funny, you know, we've had um, people come to school and talk about just following your dreams and how random things can really affect you um, and decisions that shape your life. And mm -hmm. You only look back on them. And, and I suppose there, my desire was to be close to friends. Um, you know, I'd been a boarder and then uh, there was this strong desire to sort of hang tight with the crew that you had. And I remember one of the influences in why I went to study at Melbourne State in particular was this desire to be close to a lot of the Carlton crew and all that sort of yes. thing. And when I went to Melbourne State for the interview and they did say, well, if you want to teach, you come here. If you want to act, you go to Ruston. And I, well, I do want to act, but no, I'm going to go with, with Melbourne because I do want to teach it. As that's, that's my second option. But it was, that was what was my motivation, really. So they're the influences on remaining close to contemporaries and, you know, the acting being part of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I did that little rationalisation. But what Melbourne State did was equip me. And, you know, 
know, it wasn't hard to make that jump into teaching. No. I, I, I felt prepared and I was lucky enough, you know, in my first um, school and after doing rounds and things to get a school that, you know, I, I sort of understood. But I also knew that drama was there to change these kids. They were rough. They were pretty where are we talking? Where are we? We're out in Keysborough, um, oh, you know, at an all-boys yeah. school, and literally the, 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 the principal said to my head of department, I want you to humanise these students. These young men must become Renaissance men. They are not, they don't know how to interrelate. Drama will be the humanizer, And that influenced a lot of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. It was about presentation. It was about, um, you know, knowing yourself, reflecting on yourself, Becoming confident. Becoming your best self. Your best self. And I mean, this was the Renaissance man concept. And so, in those early years, we all took sport. That was one of the heads of the department said, no, we have to be seen by those kids as not those drama guys. Mm. We have to be out there. So, you get credibility, I'll coach, you coach. I'm we'll guessing productions. cricket. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, I did take cricket for one year. I was more of a soccer and athletics as it turned out. Yeah, but anyway, the, but the whole point was in those days, it was that was the brief. It was that, but it was a hell of a challenge. And we got good at it. We got yes. good at boys' education to the point where I remember Richard Sales after 20 years coming out to see what we were doing as part of his study. And, um, you know, he watched our boys. And, you know, we knew boys, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and very important. That's so important. And I think... It, it, there was that sort of transition in education at that point where, you know, gender dynamics and, and social dynamics were very much in flux at the time that we became young teachers. You yes, know, I mean, it comes out of the Whitlam era yeah. and, you know, there was a lot of questioning going on. I got the impression that we were the generation after the Whitlams. Like, you know, in that little five years, there'd been this blossoming. But for me, I almost felt like I was part of a conservative swing, even in secondary school, where we were sort of, yeah, okay, we're going to have some fun here, but actually, let's get serious There, there need to be do. structures too. Yeah, yeah. But it was also, I think, that we were being called upon to... Um, lead those kids towards um, a multicultural, all-embracing society with opportunities beyond the end of school that, that would be a little bit different for them. Like a, like a new a new wave of people coming through with possibilities of further education or jobs that were above jobs that many of their parents and Absolutely. they had. Absolutely. There was aspiration. Um, but there was also, you know, a, a really mixed economic cohort uh, that we were dealing with and we were part of that first um, uh, rush of sort of Vietnamese migrants. I remember the first Vietnamese student that we had and my first Vietnamese drama captain and, you know, mm. that, was, that was these breakthroughs over the years that take time but you, there are these emblematic moments where you say, yes, look, this is working. This and is you great. can identify it, can't oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you identify those shifts and, and when you look back you realise that it was a maybe a period of five years or something, but you you recognise, oh yes, that's when that changed. Yes. That dynamic changed. That's right. That could got over that or whatever. Yeah. Um so what other changes can you you think spring to mind? What other significant changes spring to mind? Oh look, um, look I think 
we were working very much in isolation. I was going on my training and, and what I learned on teaching rounds, obviously being mentored by an experienced teacher. My, I was lucky enough with Mike Rowland, who probably didn't have much to do with the association or anything like that. Mike had gone to train in South Africa in drama mm -hmm. as a mature adult. He took two or three years off um, mm -hmm. and did, uh, not a doctorate, but um, at least, yeah, two years training. And he came back and he was full of ideas. And at that time, he was at Geelong College. And, um, but there was a change of leadership there and he found himself on the outer. But Michael Aikman, who was the head of um, uh, Halebury, plucked him and said, come, come over here. I know what you've been doing. Mm -hmm. I, I hear good things. Let, mm -hmm. Let's get that happening. And um, and so Mike was very good on offering advice. He, you know, there was some good modelling going on there. I had a, uh, Wayne Bacon was a contemporary of mine. Wayne had been at, uh, working in abattoirs in Footscray. And he'd become a dance teacher, drama teacher at Ruston. Mm -hmm. And Wayne had all of his own style. And so we had this funny little threesome here where we were all sort of communicating. Um, and and that, was, that was a really good starting point for me. And again, mentoring is so important. Yes. But it was when VCE came along. It was in, you know, I sort of see things in 10-year chunks. That was that time. We were pretty isolated, but we got good at what we were doing. We were working to our brief there. There was no sort of formal curriculum that we had to necessarily hit from the Victorian standards. But once VCE came along, then it was good because there was the foundation. There was the move. And I remember sitting down with Dave Mustafa, Jane uh, Mustafa Marshall now, and and my wife, who was also a drama teacher who I met at Haverbury, the first female <laughs> there, very much, was all a part of the family. Um, I remember sitting down and trying to understand Rod Parnell's drama course. Drama course, the trying, vision. The yes. vision, you know, to, to, to almost go through and, and, and uncode it, you know, just, just to sort of break the code. What, what does this really mean? How does this work with us? How does that refer to what How we've been? How do we implement yeah, this? this. And, 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 uh, do you think they mean this? Um, you know, <laughs> when, they, when they're talking, because it, it really was very jargon-filled and it was, it was pretty dense, but we were going to get it right because we had this structure. We were starting this as a subject. We were going to do well in it, you know. Yes. I mean, that's the other thing that, you know, Adelby wanted from me was results, you know. They, they just, and yeah. excellence in so practice. In practice, you know. Right. And so, um, so for me, the, the big change, I suppose, in that first 10 years was, was, was heading towards um, a pathway where eventually we got the structure of the VCE offered. And, you know, um, there, there were other structures that obviously started to you know, hit in the middle schools and things too. But for me, it was all about just having a VCE plan there. And, you know, I think I think a lot of us have been craving the structure oh. for a very long time. Rob told me a funny story about um, when it was pre-implementation, there were lots of meetings, some of them quite fiery, from the drama teaching community and he remembered one woman putting up her hand and saying, you cannot possibly expect drama students to write. Oh, <laughs> I know. I, I remember. I remember meetings like that. Yes. Training sessions the around the state and people standing yeah. That's not why they do this. That's Tearing their hair out. Yes. So, yeah, so you're right. That I think that was a massive paradigm shift for us and for the subject. Yeah, and, and you know what I'd love to see, though, is that we've evolved, we've learnt, and, and that, you know, 
which I have now almost five yearly reviews, is, is a luxury that has allowed us to really tweak the language where we, we get to refine. We're very good at what we do. Uh, we are good at what we do, and the content remains up, up to date because things are shifting and moving so quickly. Yeah. One of the things that struck me, I've only been to one sort of world conference and it was in Paris. I just, and I was with, I had one of my young teachers with me and she was all gung-ho and sort of couldn't wait. She was shattered by the fact that she realised that Australia, but actually Victoria, leads the world, you know, in so many ways. I yes. mean, there's definitely there's some terrific work happening in Canada at the time with England falling off the perch a little bit. but. There was this sense that, oh my God, how lucky are we? People look at us and say, you've got what? You do what? Well, you've got that. And, oh, yeah. you know, and this is honoured and, and this goes towards a tertiary score. And, oh, you know, and yes, and we take it for granted. But I'm also very proud that you, you could talk about with authority. I remember talking to a, a, a Scottish guy teaching in a German school and, and talking about the curriculum and, you know, sending him, a, you know, giving him the links and saying, this offers structure and, you know, you know, you could see. And rigor. And that's right. And yeah. he, he said, well, I can build off this. You know, yeah. So, What are some of your most memorable experiences? Just a couple. Oh, look, I mean, I, I think it's, it, 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 it always goes back to working with students and, and the profound effect that you can see in a journey, you know. Mm. It sort of irritates me a little bit that, you know, particularly in the middle school, you know, where we have to sort of justify our position and people want scores and things. And when you can take a child who virtually can't speak to confident and fluent by, say, grade six, mm -hmm. I think that's an extraordinary achievement. That is, it, it, that's the thing that the it parents... It doesn't need a number on it. No, it doesn't need a number on it. Look at your son and look what has happened. And we can definitely ascribe some of that, both just the flicking the switches, um, and that's happened at the senior level too. Um, and I suppose for me, it's been relationships with students who've gone on. Um, particularly, um, I found you know I've had one devastating moment where I, I lost a student who was one of my great students, and um, that was awful. You know, he he'd gone to uni and things, and um, got bowled over on his bike. It became quite a famous thing uh, in the past five years, but. Um, yeah, James was this incredibly talented boy who had been on this great journey and, you know, we're just sending off into the world and watching him flourish in about five different ways. And I just remember um, yeah, we had a service that filled the, the hall of a thousand people. And I remember standing up there and talking about him and looking down and seeing the marks of the previous production on the, on the floor oh, that he'd been still there. Been and I remember remarking on that, people would say, that was a moment that killed, you know, killed them. It was the remnants of his past was still there. It was just still, a beautiful, still beautiful. It was just echoes of his presence. And, uh, you know, um, I was lucky enough to work with you know, Adam Elliott at school, who went on to have an Academy Award. So it's always yes. nice to have an Academy Award winner under your belt. And we, you know, uh, with Graham Bennett, I think you know, we, we uh, he was the head of art. We really influenced Adam in shaping his journey. And, uh, well, yes, I'd say so. And I remember him writing, <laughs> writing me a note uh, after being in some shows, and he played Sherlock. Uh, he was Dr. Watson to a, a very talented guy playing Sherlock Holmes. And he said, uh, after that show, he said, I'm going to retire from acting 
because his brother Luke was a professional actor. He said uh, the world's only you know can take uh, one Elliot as, a, as an actor, and I'm going to go in a different direction. <laughs> but Adam, I still see him all the time, and we still you know I just I love that the fact that there is that relationship and that you can see that continuity. That continuity you know, and, and you know that there's been some part of what you've imparted that's moved that student yeah, along. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, in terms of just a, a, a really good moment in terms of productions, I remember we did Jesus Christ Superstar years ago and I had an Irish scaffolder in <laughs> the, um, in, as a parent and my lead was, uh, was his dad said, do you want, because you know, I wanted to have scaffolding. The, the yes. Now you use your Irish accent. You're oh busy. no, no, no I can't do that. And I'll, so he built me this almost three-story structure, and I just one of my great theatrical moments I think was I had a cast of sixty or eighty, and they were all arrayed behind paper, because the whole concept of, uh, of um, oh, sorry, wasn't it, you know, we're getting it mixed up. It's it's Godspell. Yeah. Um, the whole the whole concept was that we deal with each of the stories in a different style. Oh, so we do yeah. media, we might do sort of a buto thing. Anyway, we'd start with a bit of theatre of cruelty, and so we had this light from behind, and, and you could suddenly see shadows of all of these students, and it'd get lighter and lighter, and then they'd start to tear yeah. it down, and this thing coming apart, and light beaming in, and it was like this great hope moment, you know, this this just overwhelming. And I thought, yeah, I've done something here. I like this, and, and people still talk about it. You know, as a, yeah. as a moment. A moment. Well, it's good to carry that it out. Was, um, it's a great impact. Oh yeah. 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 So a variety of things. Um, what do you think are the secrets to your longevity in your career, Stuart? I always call myself a vampire. Okay. Because <laughs> I, you know, I, I I just feed off this energy, this youth. I mean, I there's something terribly difficult about letting go of a group, but I've got better and better at that. Mm. I think in your, in your early years of teaching, you know, those first 10 years, there are so many memorable moments and there is an age gap that's reduced. But as I've got older, you know, we just, I, I let them go. And I think if kids hang around too much afterwards, they're not, they haven't made the big leap, you know. Yeah. I, I want them, I want to hear about their successes rather than them coming back and just hanging around. Or yes, yes, you know. moving on. Yeah, um, but for me, it's 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 just very very satisfying to 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 have this job. Every day is different. I mean, you could be teaching the same concepts, but the responses of the kids is, is so individual. Mm-hmm. You get better at it too. You get. I mean, I've become far more demanding. I think as an older teacher, because there's a gap that I I, I can and you've got I've got a reputation. A lot of the barriers are broken and the expectations are set before they yes. even walk in the classroom. Yes. But you want to have fun. You want to still be there, but you also want to shape and focus and refine. And create a, a good learning environment yeah. For, yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And, and for you too. Yeah. You know, you want to be able to help find I mean, that knowledge yeah. and I mean, then get that first knowledge happening. Yeah. My wife says, you know, she doesn't know because she teaches to, well, in fact, three-year-olds through to E and I. Yeah. She says, you know, and how much more crawling around on the ground I'll be able to do. It might, like, it's the sheer mechanics that might get in the way. But with BCE, it's less so. I mean, I still find myself, you know, it's, it's being sort of involved. But but I, I just think that it does get easier, but they keep on loving. And I mean, I can myself. 
to mm -hmm. my contemporaries, my good friends who are lawyers and architects and all these sort of professions, but they're still yearning for some sort of satisfaction about giving back to, particularly, mm -hmm. you know, there, there are a point in their lives where they're sort of saying, well, what, and I just say, well, that happens to me every day. I've never, ever thought about, I, you know, I, the, the good works I do is just being a teacher, and if you're a good teacher, you are giving back to society. You're contributing all the time. Yeah, yeah. And as part of being um, a member of a school community, you're often, um, involved in things about social justice and all of these other things Ooh. so you 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 very it's a very enriching career and intellectually stimulating constantly because yes. our courts demands that you you know you've got um, you know 10 to 12 different uh, monologues you've got 10 uh, solos and all of that stimulus you've got to read. You and know, the so plays you know, that you go and yeah, you see. Yeah, the plays you've got to see. And, and the so, productions you do in your own right. Yes. So you're learning a lot of stuff from grassroots up Ooh. every year. Ooh. It's not as though you take that textbook into the room and everybody goes from page one to page no. 50 and does the same units of work. And people like you and I and many of the people who have been interviewed, all of them, Fact, thrive on that. It's almost like risk taking, thrill seeking, but not all teachers could do that. No, and it's quite a skill. Yeah, and I think that you do something that you get better at with age. I mean, you know, but the thing is, you, you, you can't get old. <laughs> you can't get old. You've got to keep yourself young. You've got to, I mean, I, I, mean, I listen to the music and um, it's sort of, you know, this part part of the zeitgeist that I could give a rat about, but there's a lot of it that I sort of get, and I, you know, and I and, and I still have fun, you know, and I and I think that, you know, the kids just forget, you know, what how old you are and all that sort of stuff. You, you, they just don't view that as part. As long as you're engaging that way, you're challenging, and you get the jokes. Yeah. You can keep keep going. Yeah, you know? they, they 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 have no age on you because you're just part of that whole. Mm. Thing, the yeah. whole collaborating, yeah. the whole making, whatever they're doing, yes. that process. Yeah. No, so it's um, yeah, I, I think it's an incredibly satisfying job. Well, okay. So, what advice would you pass on to the next generation of drama teachers? Okay. Um, yes. Do as I say, not as I do. Because I, I think that if you can, if you can structure things up. If you cannot use the two-step plan, which is the two steps you take before you go into the classroom, I mean, um, if you if you if you can if you can do that preparation so you feel secure. My wife does this all the time. She's even though she has got the best curriculum in the world, every night she'll quickly go through and she'll spend half an hour going through and just making some tweaks on things and that you know. Mm -hmm. And I just think I never do that. I can't. You know, I just I haven't got the headspace to to do that. Um, and you know, try and try and uh, get support or, or help, um, particularly from people you respect. Keep, you know, keep the lines open with your contemporaries. Mm -hmm. um, try and work with them if you can, and share. You know, go and see their shows, or um, go and see them. Um, I mean, these these are all complete wish list things because we don't often get freed up to do that. But one of the best PDs I've done recently is to go over to see Peter Robert Xavier and say, right, Pete, 
I'm teaching theatre. I've had a couple of years off. There's a new design. What are the pitfalls? <laughs> right? Absolutely. And, uh, Go to the somebody say, now. right, well, here are the killers. Yeah. This, this, this and this, you know. They don't want us to use the word folio. Okay. Look, this is a folio. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the point is. is, you know, it's just a name for a collection of, you know. Okay, oh, that's good. Right, now that makes sense. So that's evolved from the folio. You know, those sorts of things can really help. And one of the things that I've tried to do is to to um, to get my staff to go and talk to people. I mean, the great thing is I've just picked up a, a great young teacher, Ben Giroux, and he's done his master's at um, Deakin. He is so well prepared, you know. He talks to me, we throw him all of the stuff that we've done in the past, but then he synthesises it and makes it his own. And then yes. shows me, and I go, man, this great, is <laughs> this is fabulous. And then I hear him delivering that fabulous work. And 12 months ago, it was, oh, you know, they don't like me, or, oh, you know, it's really, I said, they don't know you, Ben, they don't, you've got no record, you don't exist in their minds, and they're judging, 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 but you wait, you wait 12 months, already. He said, oh, these lovely kids, I said, half of them you've talked before, haven't they? Yes, look, they, you know, and yeah. that's it. And he's embedded. He's embedded. Yeah. That horror, get through that first year, get through that second year, and, uh, and everything sort of falls into and place. And just settles down. And really, yeah. really try and talk to, to, to experts. And if, if, if you can get PD time, it's great to go and watch somebody, a contemporary uh, or, or an expert, just, just go through, just see the things that they're doing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because things just flow from them. Yeah, because I, I, I find it very hard to, to synthesise you know, little points about that. I, uh, but I know that if somebody comes and watches me work, then they get that. You know, yeah. they take the things, oh, that's what he's doing. I don't even know what I'm doing. That's right. Um, I don't know it's a thing. You don't yeah. know that you're actually conscious. It was subconscious, subconscious, like a good surgeon. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you, you had mentioned some of the people you've worked with other mentors and collaborators. You've mentioned Peter Roberts and your own staff at Hadbury. Other people outside of that or associations um, that you've found have been? Look, I mean, I, I did some time as um, on the Drama Vic Committee, which I found incredible. I think I have infinite admiration for Richard Salas as an, as an individual mm -hmm. and as a, an educator of educators. Um, it's, it's been wonderful watching his journey um, mm. from uh, performer all the way through to um, being a, a fine educator at Melbourne Uni. It's funny, you know, seeing Jane Bird, who I remember coming back from overseas, I believe in a garret with her boyfriend or something <laughs> in Paris, and she's got this job, I think it was at Ardoc or something, and she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> she was talking about it earlier. Yeah, and I just thought... Very, you know, very quirky and interesting, you know, it was really good. Yeah, and so, you know, it was like, okay, Jane, I can help you here, mm -hmm. and off, off you go, and then, wow, just watching, you know, that journey. Um, some of the, uh, you know, some of my older contemporaries, like uh, Peter Elliott, and, and, uh, I mean, there's so many characters. Yes. Um, and... You know, I, I remember, particularly as treasurer, uh, those goddamn awful meetings on a Saturday morning at 8 o'clock or something, I'd get out of bed and I had young kids and I'd drive across town and we'd sit together and do good work. And people crunching, and I was crunching numbers, I think it was when the, um, 
oh, the new tax was coming in and, you know, was it going, you know, I was going off to accountants and <laughs> it's like, how did I get this job? What am I doing? What am I doing here? Um, but that was, that was definitely um, uh, very valuable. I tell you, marking is one of the most amazing things to get into contact with people. Um, it is the most amazing PD, the interactions uh, with people, the training is fantastic for both performance and the written. Um, that's, the, that's when I get my most contact nowadays, is, is going away and spending a day with a group of uh, two or three other people and just you know watching work and talking about that work briefly and then marking that work and getting that sort of consensus about what good looks like. Yeah. And, and, and you know, sometimes it's not that agreement with things, but it's interesting, you know, if somebody is open to, to, to learning about, you know, through experience, what, what good is and what's a reasonable expectation, that was all good, but um, I've, I've really enjoyed the written exam training, not so much marking the things, because that was been horrific sometimes, but um, yeah, look, it's, um, I, I think that, yeah, that, that those people I've met through, you know, those are people who are really earnest about their craft, they want to be good, and um, I think that it's, it's sort of like a little self-sorting thing that, that happens, so if, if, you, if any teacher can get into that situation uh, and get picked up, it's a great thing to do. Yeah. And I'd, I'd like to see that generational shift. It's great seeing at this conference just that the fact that there is genuinely a real tide of youth coming Yeah, there is. And it's really, I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't like that five years ago. I felt like we, were, we are this generation. We're getting that, a bit fuzzy. Yeah, yeah, well. You know what, Stuart? I think I'm looking beyond good. I think I'm looking at excellent. Stuart Bell, and I want to thank you for your interview and sharing all those fantastic experiences and memories with us today. Well, Ron, it's been a pleasure. Don't drink it, it's coloured water. Damn! <laughs> Well, that's all from us at The Aside. There are 49 other mama interviews you might like to listen to, so please do feel free to go and find those and have a listen. Thank you to all the people involved in conducting the mama interviews. The list is extensive. Happy 50th birthday to Drama Victoria, and thank you to the 50 legends for giving us their time. If you would like to ask the aside a question or you have a suggestion for a future episode, please do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here. Thank you to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support. And of course, thank you for listening. Thank you.